Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to a fresh episode of the cast. Also, welcome to a shiny new year. As some of us are thankful to close another chapter of our lives, we are grateful to embark on on yet another with you, our listeners, as we hope to set a pace for pursuing all that God has for us in the year 2022. That's right, Snakebirds. We hope you're doing awesome today, and we hope you're ready to consider today's topic in the light of the past year, as Josh said, and the year to come. No doubt it's a popular thing as January rolls around to consider the things we want to improve going forward, but it's also really important to reestablish the foundational promises that God gives us so that we can approach our resolutions with an unshifting foundation of what God gives us to build on. So buckle up as we look at the new year, the new you, and the reason it all matters. Yeah, what a better way to start the year than to revisit what the Bible says about who we are yeah. and God and Jesus. Jesus, who he thinks about us, what he thinks about us. Yes. Um, it could take a while because yeah. uh, some say that there are over 3,000 promises of God in his word. Yeah. There's a ton. Like you said, it could just go on forever. Uh-huh. But I really, I'm excited we're doing it this way because I felt like last year we, we had the same flavor of New Year's resolution type of deal. We were like, oh, last year was a dumpster fire. <laughs> and then this year is like, this year wasn't much better. So yeah. <laughs> it, it's the promises of God and <laughs> our identity and foundation in God that we really wanted to focus on because understanding those promises and understanding uh, as you transcend above all of the usual, what went wrong and what can be better. Yeah. Man, it makes a difference, that interchange of just recognizing all that. Yeah. And I, I want to, for those of you that are doing the New Year's resolutions, I think it's so easy to focus on us and it's like, it's all about what I do. And then after, you know, a month and a half, you're like, give me the cake, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I, I thought it'd be neat to focus this year on starting with God and who God is in us. And then, you know, whatever happens, if you have physical goals, that's a good thing, but let's go back to, to the start of saying, Hey, this is what we have in Jesus. This is what we have through God in Christ. This is what was made available to us the moment that we said yes to salvation yeah. uh, through Jesus Christ. Yeah, the root, the foundation. I once exactly. heard a, a mechanic say something along the lines of, well, you can uh, you can fix a timing belt by getting a new engine, but it'd be <laughs> a lot better to just fix the timing belt. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> so getting to the root of the things that cause us stress, the things that, that hinder us from moving forward. I mean, you said it, so mm. that's awesome. Cool. So one thing I want to address is what we can consider a promise in Scripture. Uh, A lot of times we're going to hear people follow up something in a verbal transaction by saying, I promise. And the reason that phrase is used a lot of times is because, you know, people have had their trust broken and betrayed at some point in the past. We're just kind of naturally skeptical of others. That's just the world we live in. But when it comes to God, he doesn't need to invoke the phrase, I promise. When he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Hmm. And that's why Jesus tells us in Matthew five thirty seven, let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's God's nature to be 100% trustworthy. And while we don't always measure up in that realm, God always does. 
So as we reveal these things that Jesus tells us in the promises of God in Scripture, remember to receive these promises without a filter of uncertainty. If we hear these promises with a seed of doubt, we're not going to be able to grow with confidence in our mm-hmm. faith. And we know that confidence in God's promises, it's crucial. Hebrews ten thirty-five and 36 says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And that's a big thing that I wanted to point out from the get-go, was just God's promises and how we can uh, stand on them and truly be rejuvenated understanding them properly. Yeah, yeah. And I like what you said because... There, it seems like used car sales commercials or, or, you know, new phone contracts, everything. Yeah. I make this guarantee or I promise this. And, and (laughs) a lot of times we can get burned by those, you know, you didn't read the fine contract, the fine print, but with God, we have the contract Mm -hmm. and that contract is his blood. And he signed it. Yeah, I was know? totally doing a prayer. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, so, I, I agree. Yeah, so we can depend on those things. We can rest upon those things. But I agree, you know, um, what we can take to the bank is very important. And I appreciate that that's right there in Hebrews 10, especially as it goes into the hall of faith, yes. talking about why we can receive those promises. And um, even to talk about some of those that were like, well, they didn't get to see all of what you're getting to see, and yet they still stood. Yeah. You know, it's it, it reminds me kind of the other day, something had happened. I can't remember what it was, but it was everybody, everybody in my household, something had happened, and we were all in a bad mood. And my son was over there, and I saw him just smirking. And I was thinking to myself, why is he laughing? Why has he got a smile on his face? He should be miserable like the rest of us right now. <laughs> I was like, what are you laughing at, Tobin? And he looked up, and he he's like, oh, nothing. It's just my game. And I, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, for the Christian, the world could be burning around you. Mm-hmm. You could have everything being going terrible. And we have that blessed hope that's yes. just – we're, it's not like we're in our own fantasy world. We're in the real thing. We're mm-hmm. heading you know, towards that upward call and that joy of someone looking at us like, why are you happy right yes. now? And that's, that's the whole point of all this. It's just yeah, exactly. the promises. You not know? to walk in derision or like, you're crazy. But yeah, exactly. To literally have that peace that passes all understanding, that, that anchor in the storm, yeah. that whatever this world has, we're not citizens of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. And so no matter what the case around us, our hope should always be tethered to eternity and not to uh, who won the Super Bowl or, yeah, you know, yeah. the the how Wall Street's doing or whatever it might be. Well, I'm just so happy God gave me kids because he teaches me in so many moments things like that. And I was, I was like, you know what? Good for you, son. Yeah. yeah you the, continue with that. I'm, I'm still going to be mad for a while, but I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> the insights that I get from the little one we have right now aren't quite as deep. <laughs> it, yeah. It gets there as they get older. Yes. But. Yeah. All right. Well... Uh, the promises I wanted to zero in on in my study corner are the ones we see in the New Testament. Uh, there's some there's some awesome promises. Don't get me wrong that that God has made in the Old Testament that I believe carry on to us today because they reveal God's heart towards His children as a whole and everything like that. But 
I really wanted to highlight some of the promises Jesus himself made to mm. us directly in the New Testament. So if there's anyone out there who's like, well, I'm just a Sermon on the Mount type of Christian, we got you covered here. <laughs> this is directly from Jesus to us. And nice. I, I just, for whatever reason, I, that's what I focused on. Cool, yeah. And the first one that I, I dwelled on was Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I wanted to bring this promise because I think there might be a lot of people who need to fall back on this one. The last couple of years, like we mentioned, they've been really challenging, to say the least, for the whole world. We've dealt with, or are even still dealing with, health concerns, financial trouble, great loss in relationships, um, focus. And it seems our very sanity, in some cases, is just gone. And for whatever reason, when we approach the new year, it's become this practice to look back on the previous year and say, these are the things I want to do different. These are the things I want to be different. And obviously, it's New Year's resolutions like we talked about, but the common thing I hear from most people these days is not the hope for losing weight or any of the other common resolutions. It seems to be a longing for peace and normalcy. People are tired, and they need a form of certainty, which is another thing we just talked about. And it's another reason that I bring Jesus' promise here in Matthew eleven twenty eight. God is fully aware of our unique situations, every one of us. And all things considered, you can find rest in Christ. He's the foundation that gives us hope in the situations where there seems to be none. Hmm. He's the rock in our lives that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. So that would be the first promise that that I would encourage the listener to take hold of. Not a Band-Aid statement of just trust Jesus, but a true reevaluation of what our rock is in life. And if we find it's not Christ and our daily dependence on His guidance— then you should know that there's a peace from your troubles. No matter how dire the situation is, they can be found in that change. The first step I would recommend in that search is a simple and sincere prayer. Jesus did say, after all, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find. So start with that. Yeah. Just wow. start with that. Oh, that's great. So yeah, that was the first one, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Wow. Yeah, so... I, I think I sent you a note on this, and, and this is one of those quotes that I think I say every time we record, is that if we were to get into every single verse, we'd just be reading the Bible uh, yeah. for the whole time, and right. it would be like, well, this is a 40-hour podcast today. <laughs> so I went in a in a completely different direction in terms of just my prep, is I went very pastoral, because <laughs> I came back with like eight P words. Nice. And uh, so I broke it down into promises uh, from him, placement in him, possession by him, protection through him, perspective with him, purpose in him, and passion for him. And so I started to just write down um, from the Bible things that I found in each of those categories. And I'm not going to go through all of them necessarily, but um, I did have rest in Jesus with that. And uh, one of the, the best promises that I know that we have in God is, uh, I am with you. 
And right there, that's the number one promise that I think that he makes in the Bible is that I am with you and I will be with you. And and even at the end of the book of Revelation, uh, I think there's that um, in the New King James, at least, it says, lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. You know, and um, I can't help but just remember how much that sticks out to me because it's in red letter, especially with all of the other part of it being uh, not because Jesus doesn't say a lot there at the end of Revelation, but lo, I am with you even at the end of the age. And I'm so appreciative of that, um, that that's a promise that we can rest on. And it's a promise that we can dwell on every single day that no matter how lonely that we feel or how uh, depressed or, or, you know, how beat down we feel from maybe 2021 going into 2022 and we're like, okay, well, the punching bag is is not ready yet, (laughs) you know, but here we come. And and God says, hey, put, um, to say an old-timey saying, put down your dukes, you know, not everything's going to hit you. Because I'm surrounding you. I'm your protection. And um, that one just sticks out to me. Uh, it just screams out to me because God wants to let us know that he is with us and he is always there with us. Yeah. God is for you. God is with you. Yeah. He's so, never against you. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, the the first promise that uh, I brought a second ago was for someone worn out, and you just you know, did great on on bringing that home, Josh, and finding rest. And so this next promise is one; it's kind of a next step from that. It kind of reminds me of Paul after Jesus revealed Himself to him. He entered that time of rest as Barnabas took him in, and he was able to unwind from the bad thinking and the stress that came from those previous endeavors that he had. Mm-hmm. And then after that time of rest, he was able to renew his mind with um, this next promise, which is found in John 5, 3 through 4. Already you were clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So the key promise for a believer here is that you're now clean. And this is a statement of assurance in our identity. And and the reason this is such an important promise to understand is because we can't move forward with joy and purpose if we don't get this. Mm -hmm. The promise of finding rest in Jesus is foundational. But this promise of growing and bearing fruit is a next step of belief that we have to take a hold of as believers. This is actually a concept Jesus has been building on from four chapters back in John eleven twenty four, where he said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. In both of these instances, he is talking about the fruit that we bear after taking hold of these promises in full belief of who he says we are after becoming a believer. And how we move forward with that understanding. Uh, We did a whole episode sometime back on our identity in Christ. And these are crucial promises for moving forward. So for some out there, you might be thinking, come on, Steve, this is elementary stuff we should already know. And I do get that this should be a simple understanding. But the truth is, many people, even veteran Christians, they can trace their steps backward to find the reason they aren't moving forward with peace is because they feel defeated with with doubt in this promise. I truly wow. believe that. Yeah. They're they're coasting without purpose. 
This is a promise that I have had to revisit in my walk multiple times, especially when I find myself defeated from situations where I've allowed Satan's lies to overshadow God's promises in my thinking. So that would be the next promise in my lineup that that I would highly encourage people to wrap up in going into the new year. Know who you are. Know that you're clean. And um, it's just a big one that I've had to revisit. So I thought I I would share that one. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really good. You know, I think of what you said about this is all um, elementary. This is all bottom of the barrel kind of stuff in the Christian faith. But you know what? How many times do coaches talk about fundamentals? Right. Um, I think it's the pastor of the church that we're at who talks about one of the most famous basketball coaches who came and took over a problem. And they were like, well, what is the thing that you're most concerned about? And, you know, is it our defense? Is it our offense? Is it our shooting? And he goes, socks. (laughs) <laughs> and and they, they, they looked at him and he's like, what? They're, he's like, socks. I'm really worried about your socks. And, and like, I, I just appreciate that story every time I hear it because he was so concerned about like their feet. And he was so concerned about the well-being of their feet and, and how it was going to affect them because uh, – all the way down to the fundamentals, he realized that if they didn't have the first things first, then all the rest of it could be affected. Yeah. And I feel like, especially going into a new year, if you're forgetting some of these things, you're already at a disadvantage. Yeah. And so, that's true. you know, this is the socks conversation that maybe right. some of us need to have. Well, and it, and it happens so often throughout the history of the church, too. I think of, of John towards the end of his ministry. I mean, he the guy wrote Revelations. He knew how to, how to go into some in-depth stuff. But yeah. towards the end of his ministry, um, the, I, th- I think Skip Heitzig, I heard a sermon of his once where there's, there's a lot of sources that said the main thing he says is little children love, love mm. each other, love mm-hmm. each other. And that's so elemental. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy knew deep mysteries, but it went back to love. Get yes. this right. Yeah, I I've heard stories that at a point he was so old that virtually they'd wheel him into a church to the front of the pulpit and he'd say love one another. Yeah. And then they'd wheel him out, you yeah. know, and that it was such that a was, simple Yes, exactly. But so crucial. Yeah. And so um, socks, love. Socks. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do this justice, but this is the next promise that we have and I'm going to go into as much um shallow depth. I don't know if that's even a a term, but as I can. So um, the next promise that we have is we are in Christ. And uh, we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And uh, as it goes on to talk about, it talks about not only are we a new creation, but now in him, we've become the righteousness of God. And then you jump over to the book of Galatians and it talks about how we are joint heirs with Christ and God. And there are so many things that happen as we walk in that newness of salvation, that newness of life, where all of a sudden the righteousness that only should be attributed to Jesus is now placed upon us because of his completed work on the cross. And um, if we don't walk in the knowledge of that and we don't walk in the promise of that, then we are being robbed of all that we have to, to fix our eyes on because 
I, I believe 100% that the enemy wants us to walk in defeat and not victory. And he doesn't want us to see ourselves as new creations. He wants us to see ourselves as people that go back to the well of the flesh and still trip up and still are pulled. But God says, hey, I made you and you are different. I changed you. The moment that you said yes to me, you became something different. Yeah. And yeah, so um, that that was one of the promises that I'm like, man, I want to repeat that to myself every single day. That's awesome. When I hear stuff like that of the promises of who God <laughs> says, you're the righteousness of God. I mean, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, because yeah. I, I look at myself in the, uh, I, you know, I say the lens of how Satan wants me to look at myself, but it is, it's the true me. Mm-hmm. I'm so ugly without God. I'm so dirty without God. And to think that he would say that about me, it makes me want to obey him. You know, yes. not 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 from a point of tyranny, but from a point of righteousness. Because, I mean, to to think he would consider me that when I know who I really am, that's just that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so the last promise from my study corner is the promise of power for the believer. And it might sound odd at first. We'll unpack it. But just to rehash these in in order from my end, um, we come to the promise of finding rest in Christ. And then number two, we can know that we are clean through Christ as holy vessels able to be used by God. And then three would be the confidence needed to face anything in this world because we have the power of God. Mm. And this promise is found in Acts 1.8, which says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And I realize this promise does have the context of uh, modern believers won't necessarily be witnessing in Judea and Samaria, (laughs) but we do see an enormous amount of Scripture that points to us having God's power and presence to help us accomplish His will upon this earth. So I want to read some more verses here to really hammer this down so we can approach whatever lies ahead with confidence because this promise is for us now. And while some of these have a unique context, the bird's eye view should give you a great confidence moving forward. The first scripture is 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at his work within us. 2 Corinthians 12.9 But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Colossians 1.11 May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. In Ephesians 6.10 Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So these scriptures were quoted from six different letters. Paul wrote, to the churches in different regions. And I think that really speaks to the point that all believers need to know 
the power and authority available to us as we go through this life. Because mm-hmm. some people might say, you know, well, that church was dealing with this, so that's why he said that. Paul wrote that to six different churches, six completely different regions where people were dealing with, yeah, different things. But this was a very common denominator that he wanted to reach out and tell people. And it's Snakebird Central because the founding verse of this podcast, Matthew 10, 16, being wise as serpents and gentle as doves, it speaks how we are to move forward in some of the gnarliest situations with a full confidence that God's got our back. Mm. So I hope that promise hits home for a lot of you because it's a really important and liberating one um, to to know that God has given us his power to take whatever lies ahead. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm going to piggyback with my last one right on what you just said uh, about confidence um, with Philippians 1.6. Oh, cool. Uh, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Yes. And that is such an amazing promise. You know, and that's something that I revisit very often because um, one of the things that we have to realize about God is that he said, not only are we uh, his masterpiece, but I also um, know that we talk about uh, those who are asking for patience because we know that uh, it says, you know, don't uh, take count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and patience when it's done, it will have its perfect work in you yes. and it will make you perfected in a sense. And I'm like, God, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, but <laughs> what I'm so excited about is that promise that uh, we can be confident in is that he is going to complete his perfection in us all the way up until that moment, whether it's our own personal rapture or whether it's God calling us home, whatever it might be, he is going to complete his work in us. And um, just resting on that and walking with him, knowing that he's got a plan. There's nothing that comes out of left field that God is surprised by. Nothing that he's like, oh, no, what do we do? Yeah. You know, every single day is an opportunity for us to grow. It's an opportunity for us to learn. It's an opportunity for us to um, become more like him and to advance in our sanctification. And so I just appreciate what you said about confidence. And I feel like that's something that I want to carry into this new year is the confidence, not in myself, but the confidence in him of what he can do through me when we walk with him in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. As you read that one, it reminded me of Romans 14.4 that says, Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? For it is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Yes. And so to think that, you know, there there might be, you might be your own worst enemy. Your own mm-hmm. mind is against you, and you're, you're, you're saying uh, things in, about yourself in your own mind. Or maybe it's someone that you're worried about how they're looking at you. And that's what was going on in that that verse's context. But it doesn't matter what you think the situation is. God, if you are in Christ, Mm -hmm. and if you're a believer, you are. That's one of the promises. Then God is able to make you stand, and he will bring you to fruition and completion in his plan like Josh's ending there. That's that's awesome to think about 
how he is for us all the way to the end. Yeah. He is able. Yeah. He is faithful. He is able. He has shown himself worthy of our trust. And what we have to do is just walk in it. Yes. And he does not need to invoke the phrase, I promise. <laughs> no. He says he's going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And we believe it. Yeah. And we have his word to stand upon. Amen. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope, Snakebirds, this, this sets your foot in the right direction for 2022. Yeah, I do too. I know it, just doing the study, it did for me mm-hmm. because I, a lot of the stuff we talked about, I've struggled over the last couple of years with. Yes. And so it really helped bring perspective <laughs> and whatnot in, in my walk going into the new year. So. Yeah, yeah. I was laughing because I feel like there's like little areas of my heart that I'm you know, prying the door back and it's like, let the light in, you know, like shine that truth in there so you can like clear out those old cobwebs and don't fall into a rhythm of being like, well, it can happen, but just not for me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that reminds me of of a sermon I heard once. This guy, they said at the end of, uh, they'd have these meetings. Oh, yeah. And this guy would always start his prayer. He's like, Lord, clean out the cobwebs of my heart. (laughs) And after meeting, after meeting, after meeting, Meeting, this one guy heard it. He said, he stood up in the middle of the prayer. He said, don't worry about the cobwebs. Kill the spider. Kill the spider. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously. Get to the root of it. Yeah. So, no, that's that's a good way to say it, too. Because um, where does our unbelief come from? Where does our doubt in these promises come from? It comes from the root that uh, that we need to go back and say, all right, God, is there any place in my walk that I'm not leaning on you and I'm not confident in you? And, yeah. and then deal with it. And so that way, um, this can be a fresh start, a new year, a new you. Yes. Because if we remember Jesus' analogy, the root is him, is God. Yes. We are attached to him, the vine, the branches. Yeah. yeah. That's, he is our root. And that's how we bear fruit. Amen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we were all Dr. Seuss to that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think we're about done here, guys. Yeah. Hey, Maybe you want to hear us talk about something in this year and uh, you want to send in a question, a comment, a request, whatever it might be. We'd love to hear from you. You can do that by sending us a message directly to our Facebook or you can also send us an email at connect at snakebird.com or you can even be uh, super generous and leave us a review Um, with some stars and some comments and uh, tell people about us. You can share us on your Facebook, whatever it might be. Yeah, guys, we always encourage you to reach out. And, you know, it it really means more than you could ever know for Josh and I to just see that you're out there and that you're engaging in some way. Just say, hey, we're here. Um, We we like this episode or whatever. We just we like to know that... uh, that there's people out there that we're engaging with. So please, please leave those comments and reach out to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're going into year three of, of Snakebird and we'd like to continue to grow the community and um, just continue to be uh, the hands and feet of Jesus for one another. Amen. Cool. All right. Always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to start the new year with Jesus. And be a snake bird.
comes to God, he doesn't need to invoke the phrase, I promise. When he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Hmm. And that's why Jesus tells us in, in Matthew 5, 37, let your yes be no, let Sorry. <laughs> Let your yes be no. <laughs> Psych! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That reminds me of a, a news story I once read. Okay. Um, let me say that again. Can I interject for just one second? So I was listening to the radio the other day, and the guy goes, I want to tell you my favorite news story of the year. And he goes, it's in Kansas City, Missouri. He said somebody threw a bowling ball out on the highway and it landed under a car, and so the car pulled over, and the husband got out to, to, to um, get the bowling ball dislodged. But while the wife was in the driver's seat, somebody came up to rob her, and since she was so scared, she floored it and ran over her husband. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And then he cried out, and so she got scared and went in reverse and oh, ran. It, oh my god! And ran it back over again. That belongs in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, and that's the only part I heard, but it just got me so good. Okay. Sorry. You're good. I'm better better for hearing it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Crucial. Uh, <laughs> 